Parents know to take their sick children to the doctor, but seeing a pediatrician is just as important for healthy kids. So we're discussing what well-check visits are and why they're beneficial to you and your child. This is Celebrate Health, a podcast sponsored by San Juan Regional Medical Center. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Dr. Brad Scoggins, a pediatrician at San Juan Health Partners Pediatrics. Dr. Scoggins, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Joey. Same here. So what is a well check or as it's sometimes referred to a well child visit in a nutshell? Yes, wonderful question. I think a lot of people have this question. A lot of parents, I think, wonder about why they need to bring their child to come in to see us every couple of months, particularly in the first few years. I've heard it joked about on another podcast I've listened to that they have to come in and help the pediatrician make his Porsche payments. I assure you, none of us drive Porsches. <laughs> I heard it was a boat payment, actually. Now I'm just kidding. Boat payment? Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if any of us have boats either. No, but a well check, it really is an important check to, to look at a few key areas. Number one, we, we always look at growth. So your pediatrician should sit down with a growth curve or growth charts that look at your child's advancement in both height, weight, head circumference, and then later on body mass index, just kind of as indicators of adequate growth, making sure that there's nothing pathologic that we need to go looking for reasons why a child's not growing or growing excessively, which is considerably more rare. The second reason well-child checks are, are really important is to look at, look at development. And we look at development across five different domains, including you know, motor, both gross and fine, speech, personal, social. So there's a, a whole bevy of things that we'll look at in, <clears throat> excuse me, in these well-child visits. And of course, I can't leave out vaccinations. Kind of one of, the, one of the hallmarks of pediatric care in the last several decades has been vaccination against uh, preventable illnesses. I'm going to ask you about vaccinations in a little more detail in a moment. First, you touched on it there. There are various things that might bring a child to you for a regular checkup. How often is that needed and what age range are we talking about? Oh, sure. In the first couple of years of life, you see your pediatrician a lot. We'll meet with you. If we see you in the nursery, there's one extra visit there, but we'll certainly see you at 48 to 72 hours of life, from, so from discharge from the nursery. We'll see you at two weeks of age. We'll see you at 2, 4, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, and 24 months in most cases. After the age of two years, once we're satisfied that your growth and development have been what we expect, then we'll usually space those visits out to once a year. You know, as kids get older and, and they're, they're healthy and vaccinations are up to date, you know, a, a regular visit to the pediatrician can be a useful resource to, to track growth, check things like blood pressures and see if there's any other screenings that need to take place. You mentioned their growth and development, and that includes or can include dietary or weight issues, right? Oh, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, I knew it wasn't going to take us long to get into, you know, problems that came up during the pandemic. And certainly one of them um, was a, a significant exacerbation of childhood obesity, even above what we had seen previously. Unfortunately, kids were not getting outside to be active and play with their friends. And they, you know, they certainly weren't benefiting from, you know, the carefully selected diets they might receive at, at public schools. So we saw a tremendous jump in, uh, in our childhood obesity rates. 
And yeah, being able to recognize that early before kids get too far off course is, is really important. Well, you mentioned that being one example of something that worsened during the pandemic. Also, you mentioned a little bit earlier vaccination. So speaking of which, we've heard so much, of course, during the pandemic about COVID vaccinations, but you alluded earlier to other vaccinations, as in let's not forget about those. So how important are those more traditional vaccines for kids? Oh, tremendously important. In fact, you know, as time has gone on here, I know nationwide COVID has presented some significant morbidity and mortality among pediatrics. We have not had a similar experience here. We've had only a few cases of the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, and we've had probably less than 30. I'm going to say close to right about two dozen hospital admissions for COVID over the entire pandemic here in our community. And we had a tremendous burden among our adult population, um, very full hospital census, lots of patients in the ICU and on ventilators. But we didn't see that reflected in our population, for wh- our pediatric population, for whatever reason. Um, however, we did worry significantly about people not coming in to get their routine childhood vaccines because we knew that as the pandemic started to wind down, those other preventable vaccine um, or vaccine preventable illnesses may resurface as they did uh, in the infamous Disneyland case from a few years before the pandemic and then in, in other pockets throughout the country of unvaccinated uh, children. Now, nationwide, we know that considerable drop vaccinations, routine childhood vaccinations being given during the pandemic. We made a commitment here early on as our governor mandated only mandatory office visits we felt so strongly that those routine childhood vaccines were mandatory health care that we did continue to see, particularly babies under the age of 12 months, here to get those vaccines. And, and I'm proud of the fact that we, we gave so much vaccination uh, of the routine variety during the pandemic and the shutdowns. Very nice. Now, switching gears just a little bit, how about for slightly older kids involved in sports? Do you see them for sports physicals? Yes, we do. And we appreciate seeing those kids. You know, we do have, we do catch an occasional heart murmur that should have disappeared long ago. Most heart murmurs are physiologic and they're just a sound. But as kids get into their teenage years, if they still have murmurs or if they have new murmurs, those need to be addressed. It's also a good opportunity for us to catch up on kids with a history of asthma um, and make sure that gets addressed properly. So we certainly welcome and, and encourage people to come here to their primary pediatrician to get those sports physicals done. And we to sort of piggyback on the obesity discussion. Getting those kids back out on the field is tremendously important to their overall health. Maybe talk about that a little bit more, please, Doc, because especially for younger kids that are just starting to kind of grow into their bodies and be who they are physically, how important is it to get out there I mean, you mentioned it's important. Why is it so important for kids to get out there and be active doing something, whether it's sports or exercising or, you know, running, walking, whatever, playing, right? Just going out to play like like so many of us did as young kids. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, to, honestly, I'll put it this way. To play is a child's job. So that's how they explore the world. That's how they learn what boundaries exist and, and what the consequences of certain actions will be. And I I do worry as we substitute cell phones and laptops and tablets for playgrounds and trees and and big grassy fields, I I do worry that's going to have significant impact in several areas, not the least of which is getting out in the sunlight, uh, which will help prevent things like, you know, depression and anxiety. Just being outside seems to help with that. 
also reduces um, the, at least the burden of ADHD, even among those diagnosed with it. And of course, eyesight, if you're spending all day long looking at screens, um, that's not going to be good for your eyesight long term. Um, and if, to say nothing of your cardiovascular and, and pulmonary health, you know, you need to get outside, you need to breathe hard, and your heart rate needs to get elevated. Then the list really goes on much beyond that. Those are just the ones that come immediately to mind. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Tremendously important. And, and the kid's job is to play. Is that your own quote? That's great. Oh, sure. I'll claim it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? If nobody else will, you'll take it as your own. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Sure. A kid's job is to play. I like it. I think I think I might tweet that and attribute it to you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. A couple more things. What generally is the biggest concern, if there is one, that parents have when they bring a younger kid to their pediatrician, such as yourself, even if it's maybe a concern that's often unwarranted because everything's fine? Wow. That's kind of a moving target, Joey. It kind of depends. Are we talking a, a first-time parent or are we talking one with five kids? Because the worries certainly do vary significantly based on your level of experience and sort of based on the, you know, just the constitution of the parent's personality, if you will. Obviously, you know, more anxious parents are going to tend to fixate on smaller things. And on the other hand, parents like me tend to downplay things and Hopefully not to, hopefully not to the detriment of our children. But yeah, th there's a pretty wide range. Yeah, first-time parents tend to worry about everything. More experienced parents maybe brush things off. But thankfully, kids are resilient. Gotcha. And when you say you tend more to downplay things, easier for you, Doc, because you went to medical school, right? <laughs> Yes, although I'm aware of plenty of colleagues that uh, have the opposite reaction to their training. Okay. You know, once they know, um, you may have heard of the stereotypical medical student syndrome, you, you know what it could be. And so imagine the worst possible differential diagnosis that runny nose could turn into. So I don't know that it's universal to people who've been to medical school. I think just as often it goes the other way. <laughs> Understood. Finally, in closing, what general advice do you have for parents listening about keeping kids healthy, especially during spring and summer when they're typically more active? Yeah, keeping them healthy in these months. Spring, where I'm at here in northwest New Mexico and in many other parts of the country, you know, there's a lot of wind this time of year, there's a lot of dust, there's a lot of pollen. Um, allergies are, are a pretty significant problem. And I want to follow that up with one other thought that may be a little tangential to your question, but we have to really take our kids' immune systems pretty seriously in our sort of modern culture where we can keep things really clean and sterile. That's almost the exact opposite of the things of the thing we want to do. You know, so often we clean everything with bleach, we Lysol the air, we keep all those nasty, scary germs away from our kids when it turns out that most of the germs we encounter in our day-to-day -day lives are beneficial. So I would encourage people not to overly sterilize their environments. There's a hypothesis called the hygiene hypothesis that looks at kids raised in sterile environments up to the age of about two have a significant increase in the burden of autoimmune diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. They also have a big increase in incidence of allergic rhinitis, so nasal allergies, asthma, and uh, eczema conditions. So I always like to put it this way. I like to keep the immune system busy. Turns out having a pet dog that comes in and out of the house and brings all that pollen and dirt and things from outside into the house, we see a decrease of those aforementioned conditions. We see a decrease in the disease burden of those things. And some other things that help with that are attending daycare. And that's obviously not a very sterile environment, no matter how hard they try. So those kids tend to have fewer issues later in life also. So that, that's a big one. And then, of course, in the summer months, the thing I always like to talk about is making sure parents are acutely aware of bodies of water. 
Um, we have way too many drowning deaths every year. And, you know, about the age of five, one of my questions to all my well checks is, do you know how to swim? And if not, I assign that as homework for the summer. Wow. That's certainly something to think about at the end. In fact, that entire last answer certainly good things for parents to kind of go over in their minds as kind of a mental checklist of safety going forward, I would say. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with child well check visits and keeping your kids healthy, whether there's an issue or not. Dr. Brad Scoggins, thanks again so much. Hey, absolutely. Thank you, Joey. And to schedule an appointment for your child, please call San Juan Health Partners Pediatrics, 505-609-6700, 505-609-6700. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks again for listening to Celebrate Health, the podcast sponsored by San Juan Regional Medical Center. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wong.